0: Welcome to the Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEO Podcast. I'm Martin Harsberger, President of Measurable Results LLC and martinharsberger.com. I'm a retired CEO of both a manufacturing company and a third-party logistics company. We were lucky enough to grow both to eight-figure organizations. I've been consulting with small and mid-tier companies for the past 16 years. Our mission with this podcast is to provide a forum to help CEOs in these critical industries share their stories, share best practices, and learn from each other. If you'd like to be a guest on our podcast, go to www.martinharsberger.com/slash/apply. Each interview will take about 30 minutes. Thanks for listening. Uh, welcome to this episode of Manufacturing Supply Chain CEOs. Martin Harshberger, the host. Today, I have my first repeat guest, Chelsea Lanto from Trenton Forging. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Well, the reason, uh, Chelsea, we talked earlier uh, the, that I thought it was a good idea to bring you back on is because uh, of the survey results that I usually ask people to do. I'm trying to create, as you know, a benchmark of companies uh, in mid-market companies, which doesn't exist really. And, and some of the things that you scored abnormally high on kind of caught me because I'm not used to seeing it. So so I really wanted to bring you back and, and have you maybe go through some detail and maybe help, you know, one of the benefits, I guess, of the, or, or aims of this podcast is, and my job as, as a consultant is to share best practices. So if you've got practices that are, that are working for you, and, and apparently they are, I'd like to just maybe drill down a little bit on those, and, and maybe our listeners can get something out of it. So the first question, uh, the first area I want to talk about is strategy and vision. Uh, I don't know if you want to share that, that, your vision statement with us. I don't think it's a proprietary or anything, but uh, typically what I do with, a, with an owner or with a family-owned company or, or a CEO that's a majority shareholder, is say, what's a personal vision? You know, how long do they want to be in that position? What do they want to do when, when they leave? What's, it gonna, what's their lifestyle going to look like? What does a business have to do to support that? Then we create a company vision out of that. Uh, invariably, they don't know. Uh, they haven't thought about it. They can't, they can't define it. So it's a, that sounds like an easy question, but it's one of the stumbling blocks I always run into. So let's talk about, about your company vision uh, and your strat, strat plan. Uh, tell me, what's the development process you used to go through that?
1: Yeah. So for us, it, it's really important that we have that future state that we're trying to achieve because everything that we do on a daily basis really should get us one step closer to that. And some of it is, um, you know, housekeeping type things, right? We need to be able to keep the doors open and the lights on to fund how to get to that next level that we've identified. And then a lot of it is the strategy piece. So we, we, Pair it out into two buckets, the one being the strategic plan, the other being the run the business type items. Run the business items are are not strategic in nature. They really don't require um, a lot of capital to implement. Um, They might be special projects, but a lot of it is tied into continuous improvement initiatives. And then obviously things like training, uh, making sure that we have the right people in the right places, et cetera. The strategy, right? Because the run the business is. Um it, it's what a typical person would describe as their daily job. The strategy piece for us is something that takes a lot more planning. Uh, and it has to tie to that company-wide vision so that everybody knows why we're doing what we're doing, and then the roadmap of how we're going to achieve that vision.
0: Can I stop? Can I ask a question as we go through this? Because one of the yeah. tell me how everybody tell me how you communicate that vision to your to your to your company. And Absolutely. I,
1: So we, transparency and communication are extremely important to us. They have their own spot in the strategic plan, but also it's a large focus of our leadership team and our leadership training, because we think that the more information that our frontline workers have, the better that they can perform to help contribute to that vision and the strategic plan. So we do this a variety of ways, but you know, some of the small ways include reiterating what that vision is in all of our team meetings. We do quarterly company-wide meetings where you know, we tie all of those 30,000-foot things together with the normal announcements that just go with running a company. Um, so they have that interface with the key leadership team, and they can ask those questions, and we report to them how we're doing on getting to that vision. Um, we report a lot onto TV screens that are located in each department. So, you know, financial activity, how we're doing towards those goals. Um, we'll blast the actual vision up there on a regular basis so that it's a constant reminder. Um, and really tying all of the projects that we're doing or the training activities or everything else. You know, maybe it's investing in, in equipment, which we do all the time. All of it gets tied back to the vision. So it's consistent messaging Regardless of who I'm talking to in the organization, to really reinforce that it's not just this slogan on our website, it's not just this nice phrase that we throw out when we meet. It really is where we are trying to get to.
0: That's excellent. I, I read a quote one time, and it's funny you say that. I read a quote one time that said, "If if your employees aren't sick of hearing you say your vision statement, you're not doing it right."
1: <laughs> oh, I'm a broken record. They all know that.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. That's great. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, execution. Uh, you, you mentioned something that's dear to my heart. So I'm going to go back to that, which, which is separating the, the two uh, mm-hmm. day-to-day, your, your regular job and your strategic job. How do you, how do you, how do you uh, drive accountability on both? Do you, do you separate those meetings? Do you, do you have regular meetings on strategy or change initiatives? How do you do that?
1: So we come at it from uh, two different road, I think, roads, and we have some meetings that combine the two. And then we have some meetings that are just focused on run the business. And the reason that we do just run the business is it takes a a little bit different of a mindset. Um, Different people need to be in that meeting. And we don't like to waste managers' times, right? Our our leadership team is abnormally large, I would say. We have a, a large group that come together for these meetings. And I don't want them just to be in a meeting to be in a meeting. It needs to be productive. So some meetings are just run the business items where we can knock those decisions out really quickly. Maybe it's just an update. Maybe there's a barrier that we need to solve for those types of things. The strategic meetings include some run the business items, but they're more of the the key run the business items, more special project type things, more um, quick hit problem solving groups that are reporting back to us that we can use that information and spread it to the rest of the uh, company and then we're also covering the strategic planning items so typically that key group is meeting at least once a month and talking about either run the business or strategic level items but minimally the strategy is talked about two to three times a month and then it's woven into all of our other check-in meetings whether it's with frontline team members one-on-one meetings, um, you know, reports that are going via email or up on the screen. So it's it's always reiterated. And it, it really is woven into our managers' daily responsibilities. It's not this separate thing that they do. It's how we operate company-wide.
0: That's awesome. It really is. I mean, it's, it's kind of what I've been preaching for years. And it's just it's one reason you're back here. <laughs> I wanted to hear it. Well, I mean, you
1: know, strategy can't be one person or three people at the very top asking everybody to just sort of follow the plan, right? It has to be owned by every single person in the company, all the way down to the person who is a new hire and has no experience in manufacturing, right? They need to know how they fit into that larger picture, how they're contributing to that strategic vision. And then what are we doing to make sure that we're making progress towards that future state?
0: And and, and not only are they accountable to you, you're accountable to them.
1: Yes, it's 100% a two-way street. You you can't put trust in somebody and not be able to give it back to them in return, right? And then you know, we're asking people to follow us to this vision. And for us, in, in a nutshell, it's to be a premier North American forging manufacturer. That's a big goal. Right. We're we're a relatively small company. We have about 90 team members. We're asking them to just trust us and move this forward, but we can't do that without involving them every step of the way and reporting back to them, saying, you know, we're not doing this in vain. We're actually making progress and we're going to get there.
0: The key, the key you just said right there is 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 communicating back to them. You know, mm-hmm. where are we with it? What 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 kind of uh, reception or feedback do you get from your from your production employees when you go through that? Is there any dialogue with that, or do they they buy into it, or kind of? So, just... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, when we first started to really talk about strategy, the initial reaction was kind of glazed over. This doesn't affect me. It doesn't include me. They're just reporting out, you know, whatever. And then they started to realize, oh, this is a good thing for me. Oh, I do have an impact on the progress that we make. Oh, I am part of the solution, and this is part of my daily responsibility now. And whether that's something as small as reducing scrap, increasing efficiency, you know, um, participating in a training opportunity, or simply knowing, you know, this is the vision, and I can tell a new hire that this is the direction that we're going in. Right? Everybody plays a role. So at first, it was very. Um, high level. They didn't really see the what's in it for me portion. But as we continued to reiterate that, you know, this really is a thing. This is the direction that we're headed in. We are serious about it. We're investing a lot of time, money and equipment into this uh, path, this journey that we're on. Um, And now people are really starting to realize that this is really cool. We want to be a part of these conversations. Mm -hmm. We want to be able to contribute and we're going to benefit on the other side.
0: Well, I, I, it goes a long way with, with things like quality or anything else. If they feel mm-hmm. part of the the, the, uh, the company and they feel part of the vision, they're going to do a better job. They're not going to want to ship a product that's not right. The, the employee retention, uh, employee yes. engagement, all that falls into that communications. So <clears throat> how much of your time your, personally do you spend reiterating that? What How much time? Because one of the arguments I get, back well, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to do that. Uh, how much of your time percent-wise, do you think she's been uh, reinforcing your, 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 your communications, I guess is better way to put it?
1: Um, probably 95%. My, my role as president is to be that strategic officer who is driving the bus. I'm not the one doing 100% of the executing. That has to be a full team effort. But I am spearheading all of that cultural change that comes with being a strategic organization and it's not just me it's our ceo it's our vice president it's our controller you know we all are, are repeating the same things all of the time i take more ownership of that because i'm um, i'm very hands-on i'm in a lot of meetings with our frontline folks and i'm very passionate about it um you know i'm i'm sort of the one who's leading all those meetings so i've taken on that administrative, role as part of that but it is in every conversation that i have i tie it back to everything that we're doing
0: that's all and again I, you know i've written a couple of books and in my books that's there but mm-hmm. but i wanted i wanted people i guess to to have a chance to say hey this does work it is it isn't, and you're correct it's an ownership thing and yeah. ownership should start at the top you can't delegate strategy you can't delegate change initiatives if you look at uh, studies uh, 10% of companies execute their strategy, that have a strategy. Uh, that's how to balance scorecard, and we talked about that earlier. But 85% of change initiatives don't add value. Why is that? Leadership development's a great example. You'll go go away to spend money on leadership. Uh, John Maxwell has a great leadership program. I spent a lot of money on it. Come back. Two weeks later, it's gone because it's delegated. You can't delegate anything like that. It's got to be company-wide. It's got to be uh, – I read it a quote a while back. I can't remember exactly the words, but the net net of it was uh, leadership development doesn't work because the inertia of the company is stronger than the people that are trying to change it. Yep. So where's the inertia come from? It comes from just what you're saying. The inertia is coming from, we're going to change. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. That's one sign. The other is don't rock the boat, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what you find normally. So. Uh, I applaud you for that. like I said, I, I, when I saw that and I think you and I talked after after I saw that and uh, asked if you were willing to talk, uh, the message is clear. I mean it's something I've been preaching and and, and my hat's off to you guys. I, I noticed on one thing in your survey you, you talked about employee retention. It's not an issue for you. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> because you've got team members and not employees, you're not there. so I mean it, that all plays together.
1: And if I can touch on that really quick, you know, it, manpower in general right now is challenging, especially in manufacturing, right? But we do a very good job of really cultivating the right team for each department and then the right overall team. So when we're talking about things like training and leadership and strategic thinking and execution, All of those are qualities that we're looking for in all of our team members. So, you know, if somebody is not a good fit here, they're not a good fit here, right? So retention is really important to us because we want to retain the right people. And that means that we need to have these very transparent, open conversations about what the expectations are, what the culture is like, is this a good fit? And if it's not a good fit, we part ways. Right, and it, it's not a, a cutthroat situation, but it is just that we want our folks to be able to feel like they're happy and uh, contributing members of our team. If that's not the case, this probably isn't the right environment for you.
0: Well, that leads to another question because uh, you, you, you hit two topics. One is just labor's a shortage. People, are, I don't want to say this wrong, but people are picking about people probably shouldn't do. What's your hiring process? Do you, do you have a, your, your hiring process sounds like it's a lot more detailed than somebody put a mirror under their nose and see if there's. <laughs> so you want to get through that a little bit? Because I, yeah. I, I know what you're saying.
1: And it, we've deviated from this a little, a little bit just due to current conditions where at sometimes we just need to get somebody in the door and we can hope that we can train them and they're the type of person that we need. Um, but in general, in, in good conditions where it's not chaos. Um, we have a a pretty in-depth interview process. Usually it starts with a phone screening by our human resources manager who really has an in-depth understanding of the type of personality and skills that we're looking for for each position because that's going to differ. And that leads to an in-person interview with a pretty extensive tour at the same time because in a forging environment where they're next to the hammers or working in the hammer environment, it's hot, it's loud. It's dirty, even though we are very clean compared to some of our competitors. You know, it, it's not somewhere that just anybody is comfortable working, right? So we put that all out on the table up front. We explain exactly who we are, who we want to be, how we're going to get there. And this is what your day today is going to look like. And if is that a good fit for you, right? It's a two-way conversation. We don't want to just hope that it fits. Um, sometimes we have to take that risk and it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But for the vast majority of our interviews, we want to make sure up front that we're very transparent with what our goals are and what our barriers are. Right. Can you help us to work through these? This is what it looks like. What do you envision being your contribution to that larger vision? Um you know, depending on the position, there could be a second interview with the larger team, especially if they're going into a supervisor or managerial position, to ensure that the, that they're going to gel with those individuals. Um, you know, if it's a higher level position, we often talk a lot about leadership styles because we are very, very culture conscious here. We we work really hard to build a certain environment, and we we can't have a manager coming in and and shaking that boat. It's too important to us. And it's too important to our employees. So we really try and spend a lot of time finding the right people. Again, right now, you know, sometimes we just have to hire and hope that they're a good fit. But when we can, we we do our due diligence.
0: Well, obviously, you've thought it through. Yes. Uh, Let me see if there's anything else. Anything else you want to add? I mean, I, i like I said, I was impressed with your response and I, I'm, I'm impressed with your uh, knowledge of the process and, and being willing to share that with us. Yeah, uh, I, I think
1: it, talking about execution, right? Planning is is fairly easy. Um, once you get into it and, and you realize what your vision is, what your goal is, it's fairly easy to put some sort of plan together. You know, it's often going to include capital investment, training, training. Um, making sure that the right equipment is there, you know, all of those really kind of low-hanging fruit ideas, right? But executing on that plan is a totally different story. And I think that's where the stumbling block for a lot of people ends up being because it's really easy to create a, a beautiful strategic plan, show it to your investors, and then put it on the shelf. And you kind of forget about it until the end of the fiscal year. And you have to revisit it and hope that you achieve some of the things that are in that document.
0: That's about (laughs) yeah.
1: (laughs) So we know that that's typically what happens, right? So we've built structure and accountability into how we operate day to day to ensure that whoever is in charge of each of those key deliverables has to report out on progress towards them. They have to ask for budget allocations to fund that investment. Um, They have to report out on how training has been going, how their team is developing, how the culture of their department is progressing. And because they are expected to do that, but they know when those meetings are scheduled because they never deviate. They know when they have to say, "Okay, this is what I did. This is what's happening next. I need X amount of dollars to do step three. This is when it's going to be done. So it's just embedding execution into our normal structure so that all the managers or teams involved already know what the um, expectation is ahead of time so that there's there's really not a lot of excuses for not executing on the strategic plan
0: i'm going to put you on the spot and uh, i don't mean to do this but the, the big question is do you compensate for uh Plan execution as well as day to day activity? We do
1: in a roundabout way. It's rolled into what we would call a merit bonus at the end of the year. So we yeah. do attendance bonuses, we do profit sharing, and then we do performance bonuses. So those who hit all of their goals, who go above and beyond, they're compensated, you know, as long as, as business outcomes allow for that. Yeah.
0: For um,
1: sure. And it's going to look different for every person, right? Because their level of involvement is different, their responsibilities are different. But the opportunity is definitely there. And our managers know that we make good on that.
0: And I, I think that's crucial. I, I do mean putting this spot. I assumed you you did or I wouldn't have asked you because I don't want to embarrass you. But but you do have to, you know, you, you can't say, look, strategy is just as important as everything else. But I'm going to pay you on profitability and, and production. Well, Where am I going to put my focus? Profitability right. and production, right? So, I mean, you've got to split that up. Listen, i really appreciate it uh coming back i know it's uh it's a chore sometimes but uh you've no. uh, done well it's uh, a pleasure i'm going to remind people how to get if they want to ask you uh, anything relative to your best practices which i think you do have some I, 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 my hats off to your company i really mean it uh, i've been doing this a long time and, and i see some but, but when when i when it, something hits me that like that i'm thinking okay I've got. I'm going to make her defend this. First time I talked to her, I thought this is crap. I'm going to make you defend this, and you did. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, okay, I'd like I'd really love you to share that that it does work. People can do this, and they, and it can do it successfully. So, uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, just put out your contact information again, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the best way to get in touch with me is either to go on our website and call our main phone number. You can just ask for Chelsea. Or I'm very responsive to LinkedIn messaging. So you can find me Chelsea Moxlow Lanto on LinkedIn um, under Trenton Forging. And I, if I can add one thing, you know, yeah. I, I think a lot of the key to this is passion for your vision. If you don't feel a passion for going after that vision, execution is not going to be fun, right? But my family, you know, it's my dad, my brother, and I we are very passionate about becoming a premier North American forging manufacturer. We want to be the best. We're, we're pretty competitive. So that really bodes well for us, but we are not going to let go of that bone. And and that passion is really what's driving the rest of our team because they can feel it. They can get that, you know, contagious atmosphere and then they pass that down to their frontline workers as well.
0: That's it. It's ownership. It's accountability. It's great. Well, thanks again, Chelsea.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEOs. If you're a successful CEO in manufacturing or supply chain, would like to be part of the program, please visit www.martinharshberger.com/supply. If you got some value out of the interview, please share it on social media. We'd really appreciate it. Also, if you know someone that would make a great guest, tag them and let them know about the show. Again, our mission is to focus on manufacturing and supply chain CEOs. We'd like to share your story and provide industry trends and updates that would interest our listeners. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. Make sure you don't miss an episode. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and interviews go a long way in promoting the show. You can connect with me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn at uh, Martin Harshberger or through my website www.martinharsberger.com Again, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening.